Welcome to another episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. I guess I've said that a hundred times now, more than a hundred times. Uh, here with Dane Conan, we're going to talk about breaking. We're going to, I'm going to ask some questions and uh, hear some of the philosophies that Dane has that have been uh, successful for Dynasty Breaks. But first, uh, a shout out and a thanks to our sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC, COMC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Upper Deck, Tops, and Panini. Uh, Dane, welcome again. Let's talk about breaking. Yeah, we uh, we do that. So uh, we're glad to be back, and or I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Uh, always what, enjoy being. What's on your show. favorite kind of break? My favorite kind there, of. Let's talk about the different kinds, but let's start with the one you think is your favorite. I prefer uh, when we do a fantasy draft style break, is what we call it, where uh, there are a certain number of hits, and uh, we type them in, and then we do a uh, we take everybody's name that uh, bought into our break. And we uh, randomize their names uh, on a website, random.org, and we uh, determine our draft order. And then the uh, participants get to pick the cards they want in order. Okay. So what's the sequence? Do they know they've paid in advance, so they're locked in? And then do you randomize them before you open the cards so that they know they're going to have first pick? Does the person who's getting first pick know, or have you opened up all the cards and then you randomize? We open up the cards first. Okay. Then they can see. Wow. Yeah, we type them in. But they don't know if they're first, second, third, or... Correct. And then we randomize their names, but then we, we pause and we give them two to three minutes because some people want to move up or down the draft board. Okay. Some people have two spots. And, and that's in your chat room or in the, privately, whatever? In the chat room, yeah. And uh, some of them will trade two spots for one. Uh, some of them will use PayPal and, you know, I'd really like Throw to... Throw in some money? Yeah, yeah. So it gets very interesting. That's and, very interesting. Why, so it's like the, uh, not just the fantasy draft, but the lottery, you know, the, yeah. the NBA or mm-hmm. uh, and NFL to where you have 15 minutes on the clock. That's right. Before you pick, do you do it that way or is it, or is it just uh, a few minutes before you start and, and uh, go into it rapid fire? Do you give, or do you give a couple minutes? We, we, we give a couple minutes because it gets pretty dicey where people don't, they're, they're torn. They're torn between a card, uh, you know, especially in our buyback products. We've got some really high end cards and, uh, Different sports in some of them. So, well, we talked about breaking being uh, partly luck, but sometimes partly skill, depending on the on the break. And in this case, the skill would be, and again, I'm, if I go back to my prime, uh, which I'm past my prime, You're still in terms your of prime. pricing cards, I'm in my prime <laughs> in other ways. But, but no, knowing the value of all the cards is is a huge advantage. It, once you've laid out these great pulls and somebody gets first pick, it's tough to go quickly analyze all these cards to figure out which is the best one if you don't have a pretty good understanding of value. Yeah. So would you agree, I guess? Oh, I definitely agree, and especially... Because otherwise we'd be panicked. Like our vault break, we'll do vintage baseball, yeah. which you're yeah, very familiar yeah. with, but a lot of our customers are football guys. Yeah. And so I think there's a mad scramble sometimes to go find value, but a lot of our a lot of our customers are very sharp in all sports, and I think they do have okay. a clear advantage. They have a clear advantage. If the, the more knowledgeable, it gives them an advantage when they're their time to pick comes up or they see something up there that they think that's the, that's the real deal here. Sure. I need to move up to get that. Sure. Yeah. And pretty much are the, are these, uh, when it's fresh out of the pack, it's not graded, but, uh, although sometimes it is, I guess. Right. But you pretty much have to have things graded, don't you? Most of the time. Because if you pulled a card and you showed it, then they drafted for it and it, didn't grade as well because of some imperfection they couldn't see on the camera. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be tricky. Right. We tend to target more graded cards when we're buying cards yeah. for our own product. Um, yeah. We tend to target, uh, and I'll say this, I know it's one of your sponsors, we yeah. love uh, 
VGS graded yeah, cards. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing that I want to compliment okay. you on. Or, or your, well, I was there when that got started and, and got it rolling, but they're, they've taken it to new heights. The here. slab is so much more substantial. We tend to target uh, Beckett graded stuff a lot more. And uh, obviously, we try to get 9.5s as much as we can. Not always possible. Not always possible. Especially vintage, uh, you're going to be... Yeah, especially yeah. vintage. Yeah, especially yeah. vintage. Um, so... Yeah, it's a it's a challenge for the customers, but it it's the most fun break we do, and I like to just sit back and. Well, you're aren't you noted for the kind of the chat and the the, the way that you have a good uh, back and forth in the in uh, in the community of breakers that that uh, that uh, are loyal to you because there's lots of competition out there. There is. There's a lot of places to break, and and we tell our customers we're not you know we're not always the fastest, but we mm-hmm. we're we do this because we love to do it. First mm-hmm. off. Um, and uh, we like to take time. We like to talk about the cards. We like to talk about uh, the history of certain cards or, you know, funny stories about them. And I think that's what makes the, uh, us a little different. I'm not saying it's the right or wrong way to do it, but uh, I think people enjoy that. It's entertainment. It's it's uh, a break should be entertaining in our eyes. You know? Do you, uh, is there any pushback about the, the randomizer? Not, not the one that you use, or is that something that gives people heartburn? Not everybody you know, has a degrees in math and statistics like I do. But I mean, basically the randomization aspect is very important that it be fair uh, and unpredictable to everybody, including you, including me, anybody that even would be involved. But do you get any pushback on that? Because um, other breaks maybe potentially could avoid that. I think we, we had a conversation early on. I know there are there are folks that uh, have developed their website to do randomizing through their website. We didn't mm-hmm. want to do that. We wanted to use a third party site um, that's trusted. Um, and we go, we go to random.org, which a lot of breakers do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, our biggest complaint is from the results of the random not going in someone's favor yeah. or, uh, it wasn't random in their favor. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, that's our biggest complaint. Yeah. But we, uh, uh, it is truly random. So it's, it's, uh, goes your way sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't, you know. Yeah. I had a, uh, you know, my, my second career was being an expert witness. And so I testified all over the country in different, uh, cases involving math, statistics, uh, but some of them were, uh, one was a case involving a fixing of the lottery. Oh. And so I got pulled in to uh, estimate why someone won, not once, but twice. Wow. With the jackpot. The jackpot. And oh. so they, the, the, so they, the FBI brought me in, and I, it was just ridiculous. Really, the question wasn't how astronomical the odds were. It's how it's because if you say it's one in a trillion, which it was way, way more than that, but even one in a trillion <laughs> – it's still one in something. You know, if you did a trillion times, it would happen, which it was way more than that. It was a trillion trillion or something. Right, right. But, but you couldn't convince a jury unless you could show how they did it. Right. And so you had to figure out. And so I got involved in that because, and there was actually a statistical aspect of that because, again, the way they cheated had to be, you could narrow down the ways they could have cheated sure. because of the outcomes that were there. So again, I don't want to get people alarmed about breaking because I think it's a lot of fun. And the randomizing aspect has been, again, that was, gosh, that was a long time ago. That was a really long time ago. It's been much more refined and putting it all up there. Transparency in our industry, yeah. like even just when, when the box is empty before we throw, throw a box away, we yeah. point it toward the camera to right. show that it's empty. Right. Transparency right. and reputation and breaking, we've discovered that's all you have. Right. Um, so that's very important. You're right. You're right. And, and, uh, how, do, do all the breakers treat the losers as well as you do? Well, I, I they're don't... lucky losers. They, you give them second chance kinds of things. I mean, they're not losers, but they weren't, let's just say they were non-winners. Well, what we've done, like our vault break, there's 11 cards that come out and there's 11 names. And the last two guys we discovered in a lot of the uh, other buybacks we've been a part of, the last two guys are never happy. So 
what we tried to do is the, the last guy in the break gets the final card picked. You know, it's like being the final pick in a, in a basketball game. Right, right. happy. But he gets to go to the next case for free. Okay, so he gets a free spot. Now, that could also be, it could be toward the top, toward the middle, toward the bottom. Absolutely. Whatever. And the 10th place guy. He's got to feel good about that. Most people want to get the last pick. And they just want to keep okay. getting the last pick to keep, to keep piling up cards. Yeah. 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 So, so they still get their card, yeah. but they get another free. Okay. And the next last person? Next to last person, we have bonus boxes that we stack on the table and we shuffle them up. And we put either a redemption in there for a wax box or we put another single card in there. And we say, okay, which box do you want? Okay, but this is uh, this is your fabricated box. Correct. That you've sealed. Correct. And so you're at this point maybe not sure what's in there. Correct. But And they get to pick which one of those on a on the table or whatever? Yeah, and we uh, try to put, you know, there'll be 10 boxes in our whole... Uh, 10 cases we do, so 10 bonus boxes, and everybody that gets the 10th pick is going to pick one of those boxes, and it could be a $300 card, or it could be a wax box, or it could be just something extra to go with your card. You know? What's the lowest, I mean, not necessarily for, for you, but also for other breakers, what's the lowest price uh, that, that, if you, that, that you do for buy-ins to these breaks, and what's the lowest you've heard of? Because, I mean, there's unless it's a complete labor of love, it's there's some mathematics to it. As and, far as just the buyback, and, you know, are they, are there ten dollars? I mean, no, I mean, just of anything. I mean, I guess you could have a, but I mean, it's it's like heritage auctions and Huggins and Scott auctions. They're two auction sponsors. They each have some threshold of they they really can't deal with items that are below a certain point because there's a cost of the transaction. So if you did, you you can't break a fifty dollar box, right? So is that what what are what are your numbers and what have you seen? Uh, because for some of these, it's you're you're getting in very reasonably in, into a spot to have a chance to get something interesting and a product that you wouldn't be able to, that, that would be way more expensive if you were buying the whole thing. Yeah, we generally are going to do a whole case of cards most of the time. So what our, our, our lower end breaks, I'm going to say the lowest cost we usually have is going to be like $30. And 30 to 90 is usually our sweet spot. Okay. Uh, 30 to 90. So I would say a $30 case might be, you know, a, uh, tops, tops chrome, tops, uh, series two, top series one. Um, you know, uh, Prism, Panini Prism, something okay, like that. Okay, and is pricing on some of those like that when it's just a, a, a straight price? And Is this for your uh, kind of the fantasy draft kind of product, or is it going to be random teams? But but regardless, if there are X number of teams and X number of spots, you can do the multiplication. Mm -hmm. And does that multiplication yield uh, the, the suggested retail price of the box, something like that? Yes, absolutely. What the person could pay. They could buy, in other words, they could buy, somebody could come to you, like has actually has been done in some of the lotteries. Somebody could try to buy up all the tickets. Oh, yeah. We've, we so actually, has that happened? We've had people just say, can I buy a case from you? But we've never had anybody buy all the spots in a break. Yeah. But we have people buy five or six But spots. they wouldn't lose money on it or make money. It'd be, you, you, yeah. you, you'd make a, a margin. Right. Uh, perhaps. Okay. We make a retail price. Plus, we have to consider shipping, which is pretty labor-intensive and costly, you know, for sorting and shipping. Right. And uh, we have an employee that does that. So yeah. we figure in our cost to, to keep the lights on, so gotcha. to speak. And, gotcha. um, but that's that's the uh, point of entry. And we do a lot of random team breaks. Um, and random team means they just say they want in, and then you randomize the, the list of teams or whatever so that they get a team or two or however many they wanted. And then they're not going to be happy because it wasn't their team. And again, you send them into this chat room to wheel and deal and mm -hmm. see what they want to do. Yeah, a lot of people like me. I don't. I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily have a just one team. I'm, I'm okay. more of a broad collector. But a lot of folks. But are, you'd be ideal for that kind of break then. Absolutely. Because you'd be happy with what you got, perhaps. Yeah, and a lot. A lot of people do trade in our room, though. We have some diehard Cowboys fans that'll do anything or Mavericks and. Uh, okay, so if you were, but uh, and some of these breaks. We're, I got one last question, which is tricky because it it's related to. 
what I did for so many years and so many all-nighters is pricing cards. The breakers that want to sell team by team, where you pick your team, I want to buy the Mavericks. Well, nowadays, the Mavericks would be, uh, or the Cowboys. Those, those would be difficult because they have, they have good, high-demand players, uh, very high-demand in, in terms of Luka, but right. the Cowboys especially. And so do you have to do the work that I used to have to do if you want to do that? If you want to put a price on the Cowboys or the Mavericks in advance and the Browns and the 49ers and every team, how labor is that as laborious for you and other breakers as it was for Beckett Publications back in the day and still now? Yes, and that's why we've just now started to delve into Pick Your Team more. It's very labor-intensive. We actually converse with other breakers on team prices to make sure we don't miss the mark by too much. Exactly. Um, and it's tough to – it doesn't always fill up as quickly as a random team because right. you may have the Mavericks being $400, yet the uh, Thunder costs $30 right. or $15. And wow. so a lot of the times – you know, it just takes a lot longer for some of those higher teams to fill. Yeah. You know, and uh, so that's 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 my sense was that breaking got started a lot more like that, and it's evolved away from that into these other formats. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's still a cool thing. It's a great way for people to be involved in the hobby and have the the at least the virtual enjoyment, uh, which is what uh, what what people enjoy a lot now anyway of seeing the case open. In fact, it's more than what you probably would have purchased, and you can. And you can uh, watch and, and be excited, exhilarated, especially if you're happy for other people <laughs> getting polls that you thought maybe should go to you. So uh, any last question, uh, Dane? Uh, no, I uh, I just uh, I appreciate you you having me on and uh, delving into breaking. And I'm glad uh, I'm glad we can you know converse. I really enjoy your show as a listener. So I wanted to compliment you. Uh -huh. You uh, your podcast is a little different. You talk about a lot of the things that I think about on a day-to-day -day basis, a lot of the older things, vintage cards, 80s, 90s, behind the scenes at Beckett. So I just wanted to say I appreciate that. Well, I'm also doing things that, uh, that like breaking, that I'm thinking about, and you're uh, an expert in that. And I appreciate the good work you're doing in that in that area. It's a very dynamic aspect of the hobby and uh, and very uh, welcome fresh air of as these card companies put out more and bigger and more expensive products. It's been great to see that dynamic element. So thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode.